Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. So good. So good. Give it up for moms, right? Come on. Okay. I know the announcement team just had it, but I want to do this again. I want to do this. I want to honor moms in a special way, and we got some gifts we're going to give away because it's moms. So I need all the moms to stand. We want to pray for you. Okay, all the moms to stand right now, and we have uh, some gifts. Stevie, will you bring uh, some gifts out here? And we, um, we're going to do this. We have uh, some cleaning uh, certificates from David Garza's company right here, the Cleaning Creation, and we're going to be giving away three of these to moms, all right? And uh, first, just want to pray for moms. Jesus, thank you for moms. Thank you for life. Some of us, our moms are in heaven. But all of us in this place, God, you've used moms to birth us. And we thank you for that. And we pause for a moment and just say, God, pour out your spirit and your peace into moms today in a powerful way. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here's what we're going to do a little quick to give these away. Uh, everyone that's born in, um, so, so moms, don't get bummed. Somebody's not going to win, but it's all good. And uh, you got a flower at least, I hope. And uh, everyone that's born in the first quarter, you just got to sit down. First quarter of the year. First quarter of the year. So that's uh, January, February, March. January, February, March, sit down. Oh, we got, look at all these. Oh, okay. How about this? How about uh, November, December, you're, you got to sit down. Ooh, this is getting pretty good. Okay. Okay. October, August, you got to sit down. Okay. Oh, September. We were just, we're done with September too. Oh, sorry. How we got here? We got, oh, so we got April. So April's got to go away because April's been gone. And you know what I'm saying? We're kind of in May. We'll, we'll keep May for going for just a minute here. How about this? But June's got to go. June's got to go. June's got to go. Okay. How long we got left? We got, okay. But July's gone for the record. July's, July's gone. All right, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, okay, so eight. All right, here we go. All right, so if you are born in, in the first 10 days of the month, you got to sit down in your month, birthday month, first 10 days of your month, and sit down. Okay, oh, yeah, first 10 days, how many we got left right there? One, two, three, four, five. I think, I think we have our winner, Stevie. I think we have our winner. So if you could take one of these. Yes, come on. Why don't you stay standing so Stevie can get these to you. Take that to you. And then, and then bless two of these. Look at this. All these cleaning supplies. David Garza got. So this is sweet. This is good. We're going to give this right here. And then you're going to have a cleaning supply you could take home. And then he's got a gift certificate too. And uh, this is so good. You pass those around. And then right here. Here we do me a favor. Take this right back to Lindsay there standing. Yes, there's our surprise. There we go. And then if we missed one person, make sure you tell us. We'll get you an awesome uh, card there. So anyways, give it up for moms again. We love you, moms. Today is amazing. We are going to talk about life. Life exists from God using women, but it also exists from relationships because you really don't come alive unless you're rooted with people, right? Like they say, the average person dies at 25 and then is buried at 80. What happens? We start to quit dreaming. We don't want to interact with people anymore. And I really believe that today's message is the number one thing that hinders us from truly coming alive. 
I think it's the number one thing that trips people up. I think people say, I love you, Jesus. I respond to you. I'm all about you. But all of this, uh, I'm not going to do it. And so I pray today that every person would get a new glimpse of what relationships look like. And most importantly, get a new glimpse of what God's family, his church looks like. As we talk about root three being rooted in the local church. Root one was talking about understanding salvation. What does it mean that God's goodness would call me in my sinful state and lead me to repentance? That he would want me to turn away from my old life, but he would give me a new life and I could be brand new. That's awesome. It is finished on the cross. It is finished. We are done. It is finished. Everything like it is good. We got Jesus to score. And then root two, talking about the source of life. The source that we always need water to survive. And as Christians, we need prayer. We need the scripture that it's alive, that Jesus is the word. And then we need to worship daily, not just in song, but our whole lives. The source, the taproot, constant Jesus in our daily rhythms. And maybe you're here today and you don't even know Jesus. I pray that you would taste and see that he's good. That you wouldn't just meet a set of rules. You wouldn't just find some religious encounter that you thought was God, but that you would meet God in his son, Jesus, that finds us in our worst state and grabs us and picks us up and says, I love you. And that is good news. And today we're going to talk about being rooted together in his church so that we can be deeper, that we can be wider, and that we can be stronger and that we can be known in his body. So what is the church? Well, let's first talk about what it's not. Because I think we have to get some elephants out of the way. We have to get some obstacles out of the way that we all have. So I want you to lean in for a minute. You are tainted. I am tainted. We've been living life for X amount of years. For some of us, it's 25. For some of us, it's 55. And we're just getting more mature. We're like fine wine. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. I don't even really know. I don't really drink wine. I'm one of those guys that had to quit before I was 21 because if I start drinking wine, I'm the dude that's dancing on the table and stuff. So anyways, if you have that freedom, praise God for you. So that analogy doesn't fully work for me. But get this, the point is this. We're tainted, we're distorted. We see the local church as one particular way in one fashion. And typically we think church, we think building. We think church, we think what should I wear? We think church, where do I have to go? We think church, we think day of the week. We think church, we think, oh, I got to get right. We think church, oh, man, that's those people. The church is not a building. It's not something you practice. It's not something you have to do. So just get it off your to-do list. That's sickening. That's just a low-level view of what the church is. The church is not perfect. Like, it is so broken. It is so messed up, and it is... So, I mean, you know what? It gets shiny on wedding day. You know, the groom's there and everything's nice and it's a great ceremony. But when, when, you know, when real life hits, the church looks like that. It's messy and it's only been clean because of Jesus who is perfect. The church isn't, but he is. So the message is perfect. The church is not boring. It's not lame. It's an adventure. And here's what the church is. 
We have to look to scripture as God has revealed himself through Jesus that have people have been used by the Holy Spirit to write of who God's character is, how that applies to us, and how that can transform us. So that's what's taking place when we start to open the Bible, okay? When Steve read some scripture and we talked about it's alive, it is alive this morning. Okay, so feel that invitation that it is alive. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And it says this, And he put all things under his feet. This is Jesus, who raised from the dead. Last time I checked, none of my ancestors have raised from the dead. None of your ancestors are raised from the dead. So when we start talking about Jesus, the one who raised from the dead, we should get really, 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 like, engaged. Okay, Jesus, who raised from the dead. All things are under his feet. And gave him as head over all things to the church. Somebody look, come on, hey, look at your neighbor and say this. Say church. No, you got to say church. Church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus the head, his body, the bride, the church. So what is the church? I love how the message puts it, it says this. We don't think of the church as uh, typically uh, the thing. It's kind of like the thing on the side. Like, ah, like work's my thing and my life and my hobbies is my thing. But like the church, you know, it's cool. I got my church buddies. We go to group. And some of you are like, you know, I kind of already got my church thing. I don't really need this church thing, but I like this church thing because I should be a part of a church thing. I think I should do the church thing. I hate the church thing. So if you think this is the church thing, like, I hate the church thing. This isn't the church thing. It's how God views it. And the message, it says this. It's also talk about he is in charge of it all, has the final word of everything. And at the center of all of this, the center of all of this, okay? And this is talking about all of the ruling of the universe forever. Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. The church is his. A term used for church before it started to get tainted and distorted, and we have subjective experiences from going to church, or I got to get ready for church. That word started to change of what it meant, we're building places, but it really doesn't mean a building. It's ecclesia, it's ecclesia, it could be pronounced as, and then the original wording there is a gathering of people in a public setting that have been called out once. That we've been called out, that we are different. We do have different convictions. Not different because we're better, but because he's redeemed us. And in fact, since he's redeemed us, now that love's transformed me so much that I wanna go reach people, that I give a rip about people, that I wanna change my city, that I wanna change my daily patterns, that I wanna change my habits because no longer am I the king of this castle. Jesus is the king of the house. He's the king of me. It's the gathering of people. So start to think like that. A thing I, I would try to do, uh, I was t- telling somebody about City Life the other day, and, and they're like, oh, it's a church. And I'm like, oh, man, like we're already done kind of, because I have no clue what you mean by that, right? I'm like, yeah, it's a community of people. Like, I kind of look at you weird, like, okay, well, what kind of church is it? Is it one of those weird churches? Or, uh, I don't know, what's your definite weird church? Come on, it's like so loaded, Right? Like church is so loaded. So we can't instantly go there as people. We actually got to redefine that because it means something in our culture today. And in fact, it could be so distorted, it could be so subjective that it could not, it can mean not Jesus anymore too. 
because there's different things that would call themselves a church. So we're a gathering of people under his headship, his lordship, Jesus is. Hopefully you'll see how beautiful he is today. And my prayer is this, that each person here sees the beauty in Jesus and his bride that we all want to take this to the next level, that we all want to grow relationally, that we don't just want to have this on a Sunday, but we want to live this all the time, that we want to take this bigger body of a celebration here and we want to break it down and to be known and to get into smaller. So I pray that every single person today, I believe in that, every single person is going to sign up for a root group at the end of this message. Every person. So like, get ready for that. Get ready like me. Whoa, yes, you. Gathering of people. Check this out in Hebrews 10. It says this. Verse 24 through 26. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's what this is right here, okay? Like this is the framework for what this is. It's to stir us up for love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near, the day of when Jesus comes back. And I don't know about you, but as soon as Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday come around, like there's a real enemy and he does not want me to meet with you guys and he doesn't want to get us together. He doesn't want us to keep our focus on Jesus. He wants to keep our focus on everything but. And then we only come to Jesus now that we're so empty. And we're like, God, please, right? Like help me, I don't even know anymore, right? And then Sunday comes like, oh, we're, I'm back in the game. Well, that's kind of what this is, right? We stir one another up to encourage one another as the day draws near, as Jesus, his day draws near. And the temptation is to do the opposite. It's to neglect and not meet. It's because we've been offended, we've been hurt. I mean, that's, that's real. Some of you wear scars from the church and I'm sorry for that pain and that hurt. Some of it's because maybe you bought into the seminar of it, but you didn't realize that it was like a potluck. That God doesn't want the seminar experience. He wants us to get a new vision this morning. It's more of a love story. Yeah, your child needs you, somebody. Child A4S7. That's what I see there on my screen. Thought I'd tell somebody that. It's a celebration. And so don't believe the temptation to isolate yourself and be a Rambo Christian. Does anybody know who Rambo is? Like Sylvester Stallone by himself, like in jungles and deserts with just guns and stuff, and it's like him versus the world. Like that's the Christian by themselves. And here's the temptation. Here's what Proverbs 18.1 says. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Some of my darkest hours is when I've been, I've isolated myself. I've been my own God, my own thinking, and we justify for days. Well, I, that person didn't call me back, or I wish somebody would reach out to me, and I don't have the right material, the right resources. And there's a Chinese proverb that says, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. Just picture that. You're not doing anything, you're not thinking anything, and the devil can just work on you. His thoughts can just creep in. He begins to tempt. He begins to speak depression. He begins to just constantly sing another song over your life, and it's not a good one. And then he, then he puts his little soldiers in front of you to entice you and lead you astray. For some of us, it could look as, as subtle as, I just want to go to Home Depot every day, and others, it could look as more damaging as you're at the bar every night. 
And there's a difference between a good time and then it being your time, like your everything and the essence and the rhythm of your life. And you break out against the sound judgment, the structures that God has put in place because we actually need each other. If you think about it, why are kids so healthy? They got such a support group. Why are typically people that are rooted in team and sports, you see they have a healthy rhythm to them. Why? Because they're constantly forced to interact with people. And as we get older, we want to isolate ourselves, play our own video games. I bought this house. This is my mortgage. I'm going to go home. These people have been mean to me. And yes, they have. People are mean. People are nasty. People are broken. And what? You know what? You're nasty. You're broken. And it's the same thing. And yo, you might be better than that person, but you're not better than Jesus. So come on, come back. Come back this morning. Come back this morning. Don't be the Rambo Christian. God wants to pull you back. It's not you versus the world. You can't say, I love Jesus, but I don't love your church. I love your head, but I like to punch your body. Right? How silly is that? How silly is that? But that's exactly what takes place when we're comparing ourselves to other churches. That's exactly what takes place when we just talk about that other experience. And you know, if you had a bad experience, maybe that's just God shifting you to train you, to teach you, to prepare you, and now sending you potentially here to bloom and to use those experiences for something on mission as opposed to something that you're constantly limping, right? Like God wants you to be rooted, to get rooted in the local church, to get rooted with his people. And then this is the thing that can make you stand so strong. The Pharisees, they seem to do everything right by the outside standards. But Jesus is like, look, you tithe, meaning they give 10% of their money and more. They have all these long prayers. So they understood it all. They could read and, and recite scriptures better than anybody. And Jesus says, but you miss me. Wouldn't that be horrible today if that's some of us? That we're really good at the stuff but we're not really good at knowing Jesus. That's the rhythm of this family. It's Jesus as the head. It's Jesus as the great leader. And this is Jesus' church, and Jesus loves his church. He loves his bride. He cares about his family so much. It's compared to a body. It's compared to as a family. It's compared to sheep and a flock. This church right here, right now. I want you to check this video out by Lecrae, and it is a song some of you, you don't know hip-hop. You don't have an idea what hip-hop is. That's cool. We had some low-key music for you and a little piano. That was sweet. And so now, I think that this song, though, bring you a little bit more into my world. And, hey, I love your world. Diversity. How cool. I can't wait to hear about your stuff, too. But right now, I got a mic, and I want to play this song. And I want you to check it out. And this song is good because not the beat, but what it says about the bride. Check it out. You might know her, and you might not like her. You should. You should love her. She's a building of beings being constructed. Christ is the cornerstone. Foundation built on another reuse of homes. She's built on them, supported by them, conformed to them. Now she's a body of bodies that transform through them. A temple that breathes. We are the halls. We are the floorboards. The more we are the walls. Christ is the head of her, and he washing clean with the water. 
Jesus that pay their gripping. If you didn't, then you should call a missus. I'm talking about the church, yeah. I know she may look pretty. Her man come back, she gon' look so pretty. She church. You might see her acting crazy. Be patient with her though, cause she still got a baby. church. Before you diss her, get to know her. Jesus got a thing for her, and he died just to show her. She church. She ain't bricks and buildings. She's all the guys. And yeah, they make disciples, got many conversions Take care of them widows and orphans, man, they be working But none of them are churching, no church structure No elders and no discipline, they have no conductor And they don't submit, but quite a few of them baptized People, how I pray that you look at this thing from God's eyes Take responsibility inside the whole council Not just the area where you might have a mouthful Who should folks submit to? Who conduct the discipline? It's excommunicated, what body will they be missing in? Out there, man. I ain't saying just run away and leave. Some of y'all might have to wrestle with some church. Thank you. you know Check this out. You know why that makes me cry so much is because of this. Jesus loves me. I love Jesus. Jesus loves the church. I love the church. If you work it backwards, that's why you hate the church. Because you tried to fall in love with the church. This church is broken. Churches all across the globe is broken. But when you realize that Jesus loves you, and you love Jesus, and then you realize how much he loves his church, it changes everything. You want to be on his game plan, and therefore you love the church. So I want to invite you in this morning to not have a low view of the church. We all have a low view of the church. Even if you have a high view of the church, you have a low view of the church. Because a high view of the church is still by our own reasoning, our own standards, but we need God's perspective, and it is his bride. It's what he's coming back for, the family, the essence, the church. The church, high view. Don't have a higher view of the doctor 
Don't have a higher view of sports players. Don't have a higher view of, 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 of your workplace than what God has for his family. And that doesn't belittle that. It's just that this place is a foundation of people that's part of a big global body, but God wants to work this out in the small family. You can't just go to family reunions all the time, right? You need your own family to, to exercise some things. And that's what people do. They're like, I'll just go to the conventions because I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. And it's like, you gotta, because what happens is when you lean in, it gets messy. You get junk out of yourself. You gotta forgive. You start to change money differently. You start to love people. You start to forgive. You just constantly are leading and loving your city, the rhythm and the pace, because you're exchanging your life and you're being challenged and stretched and then you realize that person doesn't like hip-hop this person does like hip-hop God loves them both I like them both let me learn this person loves this bible verse this person loves this this person likes to sit in a corner all day and just pray and read this person just likes to like lift stuff and go build decks for people but this is the body of Christ working because it's different parts many members but all makes up the same body same body Jesus's church Jesus's church because it is his church, a city set on a hill. It is the light, it is the power, it is the hope of the universe, and it is the glory of God, his bride, his body. It's how we love one another. Like John 13, this passage, um, the passage Stevie read, the John 13, that how will they know us from our love from each other? You gotta be in family to have some love for each other. My daughter runs up to me because we love each other. Right? Like you didn't run up to me, maybe because we're not in that relationship yet, but let's start to get in that relationship. And then we're like, oh, I'll run up to each other, but just don't jump. I, if you jump on me, I'm small, I might fall over, but I could maybe jump on you. Fall small, fall over. Anyways, <laughs> check it out. Here's what happens when you're in the church to be known and to know. We all have this desire to belong, to be known, to be fully known, and that we can be trust before somebody and to know other people. That's why we long to belong. Longing to belong. I loved seeing this week the church play out, the assembly, the gathering of people. When Wojo was in the hospital, Wojo, is, uh, he's came to every Bible study, like even pre-launch days, and he's, he was rooted and uh, really, really driving a long ways to get the city life, feeling the rhythm, and, and, and uh, got a serious concussion this week. And then people started visiting him, in the, in, visiting him at the hospital and stuff, and just hearing his perspective, how the bride loved each other, and hearing how that encouraged him. And I thought it was so cool, because it was not just a testament to our people coming to help him. It was a testament to how he's already invested in people. He first started to give. He's the one who drove. He's the one who came. He's the one who listened. He's the one who submitted. He's the one who said, I'm in this family. Start a softball team. All these people started coming together in community. And then as you saw that play out, because the bride locally started to get stronger, because when the storms hit, we need each other. And so maybe you're just starting this out today and you don't have any of that. Come on. That's what the root groups are for. So in Acts chapter two, okay, and we're gonna land this. If Maybe the worship team would come out. Acts chapter two is uh, changed my life because it's the response to how God changes people and then what do they do? So God radically changed my life. He set me free, set me free from addiction. He set me free from uh, radical insecurities. He set me free from power trips. He just set me free from all kinds of things and doing it for the wrong motives and he set me free. And as he set me free, I needed new patterns. I needed a new healthy walk and I needed to get re-coached. And as I got re-coached, this is, this is what shaped my life, this kind of essence and this thing. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so to learn, in the fellowship, hanging out, and to the breaking of the bread, remembering Jesus' body, and to prayers, the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
It's what we're looking for, to have things in common with people. Why do people go to the bar? Cheers, everybody knows your name. They go to the bar because they have something in common. They hang out because they have something in common. But it's false community, y'all. Here's why. Whether it's built on a sport, whether it's built on a leisure trip, whether it's built on us getting in in a car and just going and watching every band that we like, we have that one thing in common, but eventually it'll break down because what happens when we don't have that in common anymore? We all don't like that type of food. So can we not fellowship? Can we not teach? Can we not learn? This is what happens to churches. Because we start to put the things above what we're supposed to have in common. And you know what we're supposed to have in common? Jesus. That's what community is. Common unity in Jesus. Common unity in Jesus. So there's not artificial harmony. All of those communities are great. Basketball is great. Maybe you like to fish. That is great. Maybe you like to hunt. That is great. Maybe you like to still build Legos and you're 39. That is great. But not everybody's going to share those things in common. I went to Legoland and there actually was like 40-year-olds and stuff. And it was cool because I could like fit right in with the little kids and I'm racing cars and stuff. And I loved it. But not everybody has that in common. So the thing for us that is in common is Jesus. And here is here is the cry, and here's the warning this morning. Don't do life alone. Like, don't do life alone. Just stop it. Stop the, the talk about the church. Stop uh, trying to look at it like a consumer and take and take and take and take. And look at it like a family that you can invest, invest, invest. Dinners that you could go to, that you can grow in, that you can learn, that you can start to get equipped and trained and get some great people around you so that your hospital visit doesn't have to be with just a clergy member in that hospital, right? That it could be from us. It can be from us because God wants you to do this together. And here is the response in Acts 2. Here's how this continues and here's how this has shaped my life and I pray that it would shape your life. And they were selling their possessions. That's how much Jesus changed them. And their belongings and distributing all the proceeds to all. So there was this new distribution of how money should be used in day by day attending the temple together. That's not like a Sunday thing. And breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You're the church. This isn't the church. You're the church. So when we talk about getting rooted in the local church, it's you. That people in your particular block, they need you to invite them to go out hunting. They need you to invite them to play the sports. They need you to invite them over for dinner. They need you to hang out and sit with people. They need you to get rooted. They need you to get healthy because God wants to use you to show his glory to people. He wants to heal our limbs this morning. And he wants to invite some people. I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't have the same experiences that some of you have. So when Jesus changed my heart, it was just a natural uh, addition to me. Like, this place is awesome. These people are awesome. And I love this. And I'm coming together all the time and celebrating it because I have a new priority scale. It's just different. God and family. And I pray that my family would be a church that people would want to attend. Not because we're perfect, but because we're working things through the one who is perfect. I hope you catch that. So if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. 
I have some pencils here. If anybody thinks they can break more than 12, see me after service. This is just a good illustration to say, you know what? You put 12 pencils together, you can't break them. But one, I guarantee every single person in this place can break. We are better together. We are stronger together. That's it. We are stronger together. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.